Well, yeah. this isn't the 90s. That's not okay anymore. <laughs> <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture. Literature, movies, television, even music. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Greetings and welcome to another edition of Breaking the Panel, a special roundtable edition where we discuss our thoughts on the movie Suicide Squad. I am Brian Ibbett and I've assembled a ragtag group of outlaws and misfits to uh, discuss this movie and, and uh, get their thoughts. Uh, first off, in prison for a crime he didn't commit is the rock god of podcasting, Mr. Charles McFall. No, I always commit my own crimes, baby. <laughs> Next up, in prison for a crime he just couldn't commit to was uh, is Mr. Paul Klotz. Oh, hey. <laughs> Chris Wisdom, uh, of course, committed for a crime that he couldn't imprison. Yeah, that's 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 accurate. <laughs> and finally, uh, Travis, the blazing defender, who just walks around in a really tight shirt that says "Daddy's Little Monster." <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Mister J. <laughs> he buys all his clothes at Baby Gap. That's right, he does. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting on Chris to start. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, the show is. So, uh, welcome, guys. And uh, uh, Charles, why don't I let you take the reins on this beast and uh, try not to drive it into the uh, into the side of that building over there? Uh, so I'm going to be Amanda Waller. Is that what you're saying? Or, right. or the pilot that got shot? Be the pilot. pilot. Yes. Yeah. No right. name pilot. Red shirt number one. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Stay on target. Anyway, uh, so Klotz warmed us up, and I thought it was great to bring this into the show. Where's everybody sit? on just a general rating of your enjoyment of the movie. Between you know, one and five, three being the neutral, obviously two and one being negative, four being pretty good, and five is we loved it. What'd you think? I'll start. Travis. Okay, Travis will start. Oh. <laughs> start, start off with me. Um, I'm going to give it a very generous two. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, that sets the bar pretty early. <laughs> now, now we I did ask this before, but to help with this discussion, I asked uh, Travis if he what he thought of BVS. He actually liked it, so it's not going to be a DC hate train. He actually liked BVS, and he's not enjoying this one. We'll talk more about that. Ibit, what you got? Uh, it's funny. I'm translating mine from the A B C D F. So I'm I'm basically giving it a uh, solid three point seven five. If a three point seven five can be solid, <laughs> I was uh, uh, not a fan of BVS, and I like this considerably more. Okay, Klotz. I would give it a four three point five three point five. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris Wisdom. Uh, I gotta get a beer. Uh, I'll be back. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> I I don't like your rating system. It's too constrictive, and I can't get my mind around it. <laughs> I'll tell you. I gotta look at this at, in two different ways. As a standalone by itself movie, discounting the rest of what we've seen thus far in the DCEU. Oh, Jesus Christ! Chris. I'm gonna, <laughs> give us I will give it. A, I will give it a stand up double. 
But, but. Why are you bringing sports into a geek show? You're a fan. Because, because it is a part of the DCEU, it's a foul ball. So we still got two strikes on the count. <laughs> they knocked it out of the park, but it was a foul. Oh, wow. I I enjoyed it. Everybody's asked me, oh, have you seen it yet? And uh, what do you think? And I... I I don't have a solid answer for that. I I did enjoy it. I had a good time. My my go-to line is Deadpool set the bar so freaking high. I mean, I literally felt that movie. I mean, my my emotions went up and down and and I was out of breath at moments and it was just an experience mm-hmm. that Civil War didn't quite bring, that BVS didn't quite bring and that this didn't quite bring. So when I go into a movie kind of hoping for that it's almost like chasing the dragon, right? You're hoping for that rush again. I didn't get it, but I did enjoy. There's certain parts I really, really, really liked. There's certain parts that were okay, and I'm sure we'll get into a discussion later about the Joker. But I'm not even sure what I think about the Joker. But I will give it. I'll go with Ibbets. I'll go with 3.75, um, closer to four, maybe even. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was fun movie. Now your experiences, uh, and if you don't have one different from somebody else, that's fine. Mine, I, I don't do IMAX 3D. But I had to get it done in a certain time frame as early as I could on Monday. And that was a 1 o'clock showing, and it was only IMAX 3D. I got to tell you, two things happened. One, when when the brother, right, I don't ever know if we get his name or not, but the, the bad guy brother, walking down the track in the train, does its thing, mm. and that camera's dead center of the train, that was phenomenal in IMAX 3D. Anytime he did his thing. The other good thing that happened was they actually did an IMAX 3D trailer for Doctor Strange. Oh. And now I have to go see Doctor Strange yeah. in IMAX 3D. Yeah, oh. for sure. But, uh, I mean, it was it, the IMAX 3D experience, I'd say save your money. Um, 3D experience probably even save your money. It was fun. Anytime the bad guy did anything on screen, he was, he was built for... 3D and it was really phenomenal. The rest was just okay. You know, a regular standard 2D version would have been fun. Anybody else have a experience they want to talk about? It's a pretty standard movie theater for me. It wasn't 3D, wasn't um uh wasn't IMAX, but it was a I want to say it was still digital and and uh, what is that RPX. So really good sound. And um, I think in a movie like this, it also depends on the crowd you see it with. If you see it with people mm-hmm. who are kind of going into it thinking they're going to hate it, then they kind of bring the vibe and the whole theater down. Um, but it seemed like there were a lot of DC fans in the audience. There was laughter when there was supposed to be laughter. There was, uh, um, well, it wasn't really cheering or applauding or anything like that. But it, uh, but there was no There's groans and there was that. nobody who like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason it wasn't. And there was <laughs> nothing to cheer about, Travis. <laughs> Hard to just, groan when you're asleep, right, your, Travis? Just sit there and hold your mouth. <laughs> sit there and hold your mouth and look pretty for a few minutes here. Um, no, it, uh, it, uh, I don't know. It was a good audience to see it with. It wasn't an audience that would bring the movie down, so that's that's good. Anybody else? Uh, I went on Sunday afternoon. Um, I believe it was at like two fifty showing, and surprisingly enough, the theater filled up. Which in my local area here, being a relatively low uh, population density area, it's not common to see anything but the biggest of biggest blockbusters fill up all weekend. But there was barely a uh, free spot in the theater by the time you know hmm. the film started rolling. Um. The I, I got to be honest with you, 
if I remember accurately at all, I'm pretty sure one of the trailers beforehand got a bigger laugh than any part of the movie ever did, <laughs> which is kind of telling. Um, it was, uh, you know, a decent crowd. You know, there was laughter and stuff, uh, but I really honestly think one of the trailers made people laugh harder than any part of the movie did. Not, not to say that this is necessarily a comedy, but right. I mean, yeah. So. There was a there was a, a moment we'll get to in chronological order, but there was a moment I I laughed really hard, which I think made the theater laugh. But I don't think they were there was chuckles and there was there was I think everybody in the theater enjoyed it that I went to, <laughs> but there there was no discernible ohs and ahs and oohs and any of that either. Yeah, it, it was a very you know it was it was a much lighter tone um, than BVS, and there was definitely some humorous moments in there. Um, you saw a lot of them in the trailer, you know, the, um, the Harley Quinn, uh, stuff, a lot of her, her comedy, um, quote unquote comedy. Uh, I mean, well, I mean like intentional and unintentional Harley Quinn moments and stuff that were, that were thrown in there for comedy, but overall, um, it does, it does have a much lighter tone and and you compared it a minute ago to, um, Deadpool and I'd say it's got, it's got one foot rooted in Deadpool and another foot rooted in, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with your, your group of outlaws, a prison escape, a, uh, a seventies rock soundtrack as they introduce each of the characters in a different way. Um, I'm very disappointed with the actual soundtrack though. That's, and I, I think that the Guardians is probably the closer comparison because um, we, we don't have anything that's like Deadpool or going to be like Deadpool unless DCEU comes out with a Mr. Mitzitzelplik movie. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you can't really. It's hard to market that. Well, two for Mr. Mitzitzelplik. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went at, at a 9.15 p.m. showing. Um, I purposely didn't do the, the IMAX 3D. It's the first comic book movie this year that I haven't seen in IMAX 3D, and you can blame that on BBS that I didn't see this one in IMAX 3D because I didn't want to shell out for something that I wasn't sure I was going to like. And you didn't need to. You were good. Oh. You were good. Uh, <laughs> Travis, he's typing so fast. He says he needs more. He's so bad that we compared it to Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy. Just in, in not in, in comparisons of how much we liked it, Travis, or the no, quality of the movie. It's the style. Whatever. Get some more beer, man. Represent the ladies of booze and phasers since they couldn't be here. Drink more booze. Uh, so, I thought it was the ladies' part. No, we are doing... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I will release your address to him one of these days. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> you should be, son. You should be. Because, <laughs> you know, Travis, uh, Travis well, real quick, Travis, uh, before you go there, uh, I totally see Travis not showing up to do violence. I see him showing up at your work in his firefighter uniform and stripping <laughs> because he doesn't care if he's naked. <laughs> Everybody else in the office is going to care that you got a naked man dancing he for you. He don't want to come up in a tanker unit stripping because <laughs> we'll just dance with him. <laughs> Chris would enjoy it way uh, too much, by the way. <laughs> Never do that. Uh, hey, real quick, I just want to say with, with everybody's experience, I went on Thursday night, very first showing. It was packed. People were dressed up. There was dead shots. There were Harleys. Uh, there was a croc, a uh, horrible croc, by the way. But nevertheless, I, I give him props for coming out dressed like that. On the screen or? No, in, in the, the audience. audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah well uh actually he actually looked as good as croc did on screen now that i come to think about it yeah, okay. all right so both, both. yeah 
pretty. And it just, you know, there. I mean, it was as hyped a crowd as you're going to find, and there was nothing. I mean, it was it was crickets for for most of the movie. I mean, there was a, a chuckle here and there, mm-hmm. but it was it was pretty pretty laid back, pretty dead. There wasn't, to me, in an action film, there needs to be this, what's going to happen next? And it never really felt that way. Mm -hmm. It was kind of enjoyable. I mean, as far as action goes, uh, but there was never a edge of your seat getting lost in the action that would would incite any kind of verbiage out of a crowd. And I wasn't looking for a tunnel after because it's not supposed to be a comedy. Well, Uh, but here's the thing. One of the things to keep in mind they went back for reshoots to inject more comedy into it. No, 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 nope. no. That has been that has been addressed already. Debunked. <laughs> that has been, according to uh, according to Ayer. people involved with the project. Who? Are, what are they going to say other than that? <laughs> <laughs> they do nothing but lose face if they admit to it. Gotcha. I so, so stand it was firm <laughs> in the conviction of what I just said. Hey, I, I agree with you. I just know that we have certain delegates from other shows in GSTU that if they were here would disagree with you and I know that their number one listener is going to disagree with you because he heard them say it. (laughs) All right, let's jump in. We're going to do a little bit of a non-spoiler review, which we've already dived into a little bit and then we'll do our spoiler stuff. We'll break it down. I think Uh, we're about ready to dive into Spoiler City. Yeah, Yeah. I think so too. I think Uh, I think without spoilers, I want to know how much you guys think they spent just on music royalties in the five first five minutes. Mm. In the first five minutes, you're getting the Rolling Stones. You're getting uh, I can't remember all this stuff. All the the, there's ACDC, ACDC, right? Yeah, Uh, a good third of their budget. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. absolutely. Now here's what here's what pissed me off about that. I had got this soundtrack on Spotify. I've been waiting for a month for that thing to come out, and it came out, and I loved the songs that were on it. But then I go see the movie, and. I love as they're introducing the characters. Not only are they putting up this wicked, and in 3D it was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. These wicked the stat animation. breakdowns on yes. the screen yeah. in different styles. Everybody has their own theme song. Ain't none of it on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Not a lick. And like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably a distribution royalties issue. Probably. You know I mean? uh, you know, getting uh, the Rolling Stones in the movies, one thing, but getting the Rolling Stones to be on the soundtrack is probably another. So that totally, uh, totally makes sense. The, uh, you know, there's some great covers on there. The You Don't Own Me uh, cover of Leslie Gore. Hmm. It's funny, the they actually used the Queen version of Bohemian Rhapsody in the film, but the soundtrack <laughs> actually has the Panic at the Panic Disco, at the disco yeah. Um, but uh, I actually really enjoyed the soundtrack. Was it? But, was it the Queen version in the movie? I needed to go back because I knew it was in the trailer, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a hundred percent that it was in the movie. Yeah, I'm, was. I'm almost a hundred percent sure that the okay. one in the movie was the Queen version. I mean, but did it ever feel like to you all where Guardians seemed with their soundtrack so organic and like fit? I just felt like mm-hmm. David Ayers was really trying to be Charles Gunn or James Gunn. I'm sorry, and and create that. With- I'll take it though. I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like. It. <laughs> You can equate me and James Gunn every day. No, I mean, that's cool. the thing, though. Like, I really feel like that was very obviously what he was going for. Mm-hmm. He was trying to copy somebody else's right. MO. Yeah. And he, he didn't hit nope. the notes. Like, the Guardians of the Galaxy resonates so well because the, the serious parts are serious and the comedic parts are very comedic. And that is mm-hmm. not what you got with Suicide Squad. 
I gave it a 3.5 because I think that it has some really great scenes, and I think that it was very close to being a really great movie. Uh, you know, I think they, the casting was, I think, very well done. I think the casting yeah, was agree, good. I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I think they mm-hmm. I think they uh, put, Before we get into... I know we, we're going to digress into breaking down to what we don't like. One of the things I loved was the character development, other than Slipknot, because I was like, why is he here? Oh, that's why he's here. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> he's, the, but, he's the red shirt, really. I mean, if we're talking yeah. red shirts. <laughs> I mean, the only one who really didn't have any character development at all was Captain Boomerang. But everybody else, you know... I, I thought, of course, that Harley and Deadshot sold the show, or at least they were. Maybe they were intended to. Maybe they were yes. the focus of the movie. Oh, they were but clearly they the two main characters yeah. in the show. I would hope that didn't happen accidentally. Well, they, I, no, no, no. But I know. But they start you off with Waller, and then of course you go to Rick Flag and the Enchantress, and you're following Rick Flag and the Enchantress through it until really those two, Deadshot and, and Harley, get in. And then it's Deadshot and Harley movie, so it's the other half of the film. But Killer Croc and Diablo, I thought they were very well developed in what screen time they had. And I cared about both of those characters by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have used a little bit more background for um, for Diablo. You know, uh, yeah. uh, kind of a kind of a how did he discover his powers kind of thing, because that's always a really interesting way to... Well, he said he was born, born with, with it, it, right? Yeah. Well, sure, okay, but... Right. Well, you wouldn't right. know how he learned. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I really felt like getting into his backstory in the late second, early third act there, mm-hmm. it was a really good masterstroke because they made him seem like just a, a background character was just there to add flair, and then all of a sudden you realize he's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked that a lot. I just don't know if it was executed the the best way possible. Because um, a lot of I've seen like some of the reviews I've seen online where people were just like, "What was that? Like, why did this nobody character all of a sudden become such a key part of the story so late?" And yeah, I kind of get that because he wasn't really built up to be that way. I think they were trying to build him as mysterious at first, but it was like, I don't know it. It just—it was a weird dynamic. They're trying some, to create this team in the beginning of the movie, or most of the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie. They hate each other. They they want out. They're trying to plot ways so they can escape. And then all of a sudden, it was actually when Diablo uh, came in and said, "We're family." And I was like, "Whoa, what the hell? When the hell did y'all become family?" Yeah, that there was yeah, no right. Yeah, like that. You guys had Diablo. one drink together. Right, you know, you guys drank a shot together right, in your family exactly. now. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that but jumped think, out at me too. I think the thing is, though, like what could have been told in a better way is that that was Diablo saying that's what he wants. That was yeah. Diablo projecting. You know, I mean, I, without getting into spoilers, there's a reason for that. You know, and so like I felt like that was accomplished. It just wasn't done the way that I think most audiences would have found appealing. It should have been laid out differently, basically, is, is my feeling on it. Um, all the pieces were there. They just weren't arranged in the right order. You know what I mean? The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Discordant is kind of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. That you, You're talking about the music cues, right? Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed, man. They start introducing the characters, and bam, here's this song. And bam, I'm like, oh, cool. Who's going, what's, you know? And then after that, you never hear it yeah, again. I love the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what, what was? The first 20 minutes were amazing. Right. I literally heard a guy walk out of the theater behind me and go, I really loved the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't like the rest of it. And I was like, was wow. wow that's I actually liked the middle part. <laughs> 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 he was a lot scrawnier than you are, my friend. So uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't you. You know, uh, 
and I think I think one of the reasons I enjoyed the first twenty minutes so so much, not just because of the soundtrack that was with it, but it felt to me it felt like a Guy Ritchie movie. That's that's exactly how Guy Ritchie introduces all oh, of sure. his his characters in a yeah. movie. It, it, almost shot for shot and i don't know if we'll talk about this later on breaking the panel next week or if we should get into it this way this on this show but uh, david ayer's been taking a little flack for uh people saying he's stealing their style and we can see where he's borrowed from the way other directors have done it's it's i I mean yeah that clearly the first 20 minutes is a guy richie lift and then you know, obviously the musical cues is a lift from Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. And, and then this, yeah. That, that's oh. one of the things, like, you you can't, if, in the creative world, if you're just an imitator, you can't ever accomplish what the greats are accomplishing. Mm-hmm. Right. All you're doing is copying, and everybody can see that you're tracing. You know, you're mm-hmm. You're just yeah, an anchor. Hey, Travis. Yo. Travis. If this guy over here takes a picture and he draws it, and you put and you go over the top of that picture with never out without ever going outside the original lines, what would you call that? Ibit, what are your two thoughts on the the three acts overall? Uh, that you guys kind of hit on the head. I mean, the 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 beginning is so much fun, and having all those those introductory scenes, the graphics they throw on there. It would have been really nice if they would have continued some of that throughout. And I also think that if they would have actually introduced Slipknot using that method, you know, giving us a little background on Slipknot. Yeah, he just showed up. He just showed It was almost like, oh, whoa, we need somebody to die. Oh, quick, bring this guy in. But if they would have introduced him as a regular character, right, as one of the, as one of the team, we would have been much more effective seeing him, hey, we're going to escape. <laughs> okay, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would have it would have had much more of an impact. But the way they do it, you almost know right from the point that they show him that, oh, all right, well, don't get attached to this guy because right. he's... Uh, is not happening. The uh, the third act, the whole uh, the big bad in this film is one of the biggest problems I had with. I had two problems. The editing felt mishmash. There was a lot of um, cuts to new scenes where you're kind of left hanging from what was happening in the previous scene. There's a scene with um, Flag, for example, where uh, he's in the sewer or in the um, the the subway. Uh, tunnel and he's planted the bomb and he's like, oh man, they did it, they left. Yeah. And then the next scene, he's he's on a uh, airlift getting, you know, going to pick up, uh, um, basically going to pick up the squad. And you know those things. One is more of a backstory than than right away, but it's it's so disjointed in the way it goes from scene A to scene B that you're like, wait a minute, is this continuation? Of well, I think they try to make that like an aha moment, like Maybe. the betrayal. They, they, yeah. You know how directors, Maybe. yeah, and and regardless of, I mean, obviously that is that is the the message they want to get across is that yeah, he was betrayed, he was left, you know, by the team, and and now he needs this new team, but it's done with such a, a hard edge that um, for the first few minutes or the first minute of that second scene, you're readjusting yourself to like to figure out, all right, this is current time now, or this is. This is right. yeah. uh, him getting the team. But the other the other problem I had, and I touched on this a second ago, is with the um, the big bad. I mean, you can't say the villain of the film because there are 11 villains in this film, but the, <laughs> the main villain, um, Enchantress and uh, Enchantress Bro. And, uh, Bro Enchantress. Bro Enchantress. Bro Enchantress. And I felt like... 
you know, Brochantress was a tough enough villain to deal with. Um, there were some issues I had with, you know, all right, if we could just do this right from the get-go, like if Diablo had this ability to kind of take him out like he was showing that he could take him out solo, then why are we sending Harley with a bat after him? Why are we sending uh, a boomerang, you know, <laughs> boomerangs at him? Just throw Diablo in the mix. He's obviously the most powerful and equipped to take on this. But regardless of that, um, Enchantress, I don't know if it was the acting or just the the demonstration of her powers but she didn't feel like that difficult a character to finish off yeah um right, she was yeah. causing a lot of swirlies some great special effects but uh and when i didn't understand the whole machine thing right uh, yeah yes right yeah. so she's taking the trash and swirling around in the sky that's great it takes um, like three days to make or something i, mean, I know that they did all this right. in like eight hours but whatever yeah but they they blew it up with uh, a yeah. bomb why? If you're going to blow it up with a bomb, just drop a hellfire right. missile on the building. Yeah, the yeah, problem's exactly. solved. From right? orbit, I just mean, to be sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, and that I think those those parts are what leave me going. Well, I did enjoy it. Yeah, but there's I didn't hate those parts, but there's it's leaving me going. It's not a good as good a movie as it could have been. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd also yeah. like to know if if Deadshot's uh, abilities allow him to speed read. Uh, manuals that he yeah, discovers what and how, was he, with that? how he was able to go from <laughs> seeing a manual in a bag, grabbing it, and on that same walk, delivering it and understanding everything that was in there and what they were all set up well, to I, do. I, I, I'm sure that there was a summary page, which you will find in this manual <laughs> in five words or less. Right, yeah. The PowerPoint <laughs> summary page. Sure. Yeah. It, there was a lot yeah. of that going on. Yeah, a a lot waving. of like, yeah, exactly. Wand waving, hand waving, whatever you want to call it. And it was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, uh, one of the other issues that I really had is that it's very clear to me that there were meant to be more Joker scenes. Uh huh. Mm, yes. And there were not. And then again, why the hell was the Joker in this movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he yeah. had nothing to do with the central plot. That's, no. I, I that's mean, even I, rescuing Harley did not change the story at all. They blew him out of the air and there she was again. Yeah. Ooh, that was. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't decide if it was too much Joker or not enough Joker, because if it was not enough Joker, then what did his story further by adding more more Joker into it and mm -hmm. and not enough or in too much? It's you're right. He was Indiana Jones. The, right. no, the right. Nazis were getting their faces melted either way. Right. Everything was, right. was going to happen to happen. Yep. Um, it just took Harley a little bit longer to, to catch up with the group. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I, I felt. Well, Leto has said that he filmed enough lines or he, he did enough takes to have a solo well, joke. And, that's, yeah, and he was even he's actually spoke out against the yeah. film saying he didn't know where all of his. Right. Scenes well, were. that's another thing is he's top billing in this film. Like it's Will Smith and him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when you look at the all, all the right. promotional materials, it's Will Smith, Jared Leto, Margot Robbie and then everybody else. You know, what I mean, it's like. It's very clear that something happened here. Now, I have a friend of mine, and I don't know how accurate this is, but he said he saw it in New York City uh, on opening night, and he said he saw like another twenty minutes of film, and oh, that really? it was just and he was in the same really? showing as me. Now, I don't know how accurate that is. He might have been exaggerating that a little bit because twenty minutes is a lot of film. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's like, yeah. he's like, he he said he was sure there were more, more scenes with the Joker that he remembered. 
and that they were just missing. And he was sure that the film was a bit longer than what he saw in the same showing as me. Now he didn't go with me. I just happened to bump into him. Um, you know, so I can't corroborate that. I don't know, but like, it sounds very plausible to me because it's clear that they filmed a lot more. Like I was reading articles leading up to the film coming out where like Jared Leto was talking about how, into everything he was like he was really into the character he was working hard on it you know he was like pranking all of his castmates and stuff so like mm-hmm. he wasn't just a show up and shoot your scenes kind of bit part he was an integral part of the cast for the entire filming mm-hmm. so it's a real mystery to me where he you know he doesn't fit into the central plot of the whole film i think a lot of the backstory worked right not oh, all yeah. of it but a lot of it oh, worked. Yeah. i mean a lot yeah of- the current yeah. Joker line. I didn't it didn't a lot of that backstory if they were trying to establish Harley's backstory and set her up for her own film that is coming, forthcoming. Right. Um that there were scenes in there that made a lot of sense, but it sounds like they filmed about two thirds too many scenes for that kind of filler role. Well, yeah. you know, we got the ultimate edition coming. But Ayers already said that he said, this is the film that I, that I, that this was my film. There's not going to be an ultimate right. edition or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And right. James Cameron has said that um, he d- he's done doing any more editions of Terminator too. So yeah. <laughs> we, know, we know how fluid those things are. Yeah. One thing I wanted, wanted to complain about a little bit was, and this is the same complaint I actually have with, uh, with Star Trek beyond. And we haven't done a review show for that. And, and, I do find it interesting. We we got on board. We couldn't wait to do a Star Wars movie review. Star Trek, like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know? It's not the same. <laughs> no. Uh, but I honestly, I can't say what I'm looking for, but I really felt like the opening to both of these movies was rushed. Like, oh, okay, all right, we're already into it. All right, well, we'll go. All right, let's blow some shit up. Let's go. You know, I, I, I at least with Civil War, right, th- we got this, this story you know, this, the nations, United Nations thing was going on, and we got we got these build up to the war, and then the war, and you know, so on and so forth. With I even thought with Batman versus Superman, a lot of people complain the first act is boring and slow. I actually enjoyed it. I, I could have been a little more fast paced. You know, we've talked about that, but when we got here, it's like. We're opening up the movie. Here goes Amanda Waller into her private meeting. Okay, we got that. Now she's at the Pentagon. And now all of a sudden something happens. And instantly we got this team going. It's like, whoa, that was that felt like five minutes. What the hell happened? I, I, I expect to be a little more finessed and taking out the oh, dinner yeah, before exactly. we get into the bedroom. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I expect to be wined and dined a little bit before we right. jump into the whole team being pulled together. Oh, mm-hmm. did you guys want Batman's parents killed again? That that was a moment that I thought we were going to get that actually. (laughs) Deadshot's history, his uh, his dream, his dream world. Uh, When they were, when they were, oh god, right. But when they were um, introducing everybody and how they got caught, Mm -hmm. right? The Flash. Who knew the Flash was going to be in this movie? Yeah, nice surprise. I didn't know what scene he was going to be in, but a few days before the movie opened, I had seen the that he was going to he was in it for a bit. Well, I did not. That, I was very, that was very one thing to circle right. back around to that real quick. Uh, both cameos were really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Batman scenes were great. Um, and so, so was the brief flash scene. Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens with justice league, more excited to see what happens yeah. with wonder woman, but mm-hmm. also than what happens with justice league. I think 
I think there's there's light on the horizon for DC as a movie universe. I think there's a lot of elements at play right now, and I think we're finally, you know, with the latest changes, the shakeups, if you will, uh, we're starting to see some alignment of like, all right, we need to get somebody at the helm who has some sense of like purpose and plot and guiding, mm-hmm. and we're we're gonna we're gonna lay down some tracks here, and everybody's gonna jump on these tracks. Um, so I think I think the potential is still there. I'm very excited to see what happens in the future. Um, unfortunately, though, like as an overall assessment, I just don't think that this movie did much to propel the the world forward. Travis, what do you got? Uh, what Paul was talking about the cameos. Um, me being a huge Batman fan, I was so excited because I'm reading all the review, not all the reviews, but like the Entertainment Weekly article leading up to the movie, and they're talking about. Batman is in this film a lot more than you think. He's a lot more than just a cameo, so I'm getting excited. And then I read David Ayer's interview where he said that in this movie, you're going to get the villain's perspective of of what they view Batman as. You know, in, in a Batman film or a Justice League film, you always yeah, get their perspective. One. And then when I seen him, I seen the 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 vignette or the the cameo, whatever you want to call it, I was mm-hmm. so disappointed. I'm like, yeah, hey, he, I didn't feel like we saw him in a different light at all. No, we didn't. We didn't. No, we and, just saw Batman being Batman. But I mm-hmm, thought that yeah. was good. But I also wasn't prepared. Like, I wasn't propped up to think that we were going to get something different. So were any of you wondering what the heck Batman was doing during the whole, uh, you know, city getting wrecked by Enchantress and her? her yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my only thought was, well, it's midway. Nobody cares. That nobody cares about? <laughs> right. Right. It wasn't even yeah. like Metropolis or Gotham. No, it was, it was Midway City. <laughs> yeah. You know what I was really hoping for since we've seen so little of the Joker? I was really hoping that somehow, you know, his story was going to be more than just trying to break Harley out of jail or yeah. break him out of this thing. He was going to be end up being the big bad at the very end where he had kind of manipulated this whole thing, um, you know, just to cause chaos, if nothing else. And then when I didn't right. get that, I was like, God dang it. I'm, I'm madder than I was before. Yeah. Did, did I already like the- your movie better, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to agree. I like Travis's movie a little bit better too. Did anybody else get the feeling that maybe all of the Joker scenes were like kind of like Joker porn for like the Joker fans, where it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, extraneous yeah. is what. Yeah, yeah, so, like yeah. I, did everybody I like the Joker? Did everybody like Leto's Joker? Mm-hmm. That's an I love it. I love yeah, it. I didn't have a problem with it at all. I don't. I don't hate it. Um. I don't know. I, I, I don't think we saw enough to really judge it fairly. I, I do like how committed he is. He's delivering yeah. it well. I just don't know if that's my favorite version of the Joker. Do, do you want to see more of him as the Joker? Oh, yes. yeah. I mean, I, I definitely okay. want to see him get some legs with it, you know, get some time okay. with it and get out there and really run. Um, but yeah. I, I, I got to say, I agree with Klotz. You know, I didn't know how to put it in those words. So you said that I agree that maybe I don't think I've had seen enough of him to judge. But in the past, while Joker can be dark and devious and twisted, I mean, I'm talking about from the comics to animation to even the, the past movies, uh, Ledger's, Ledger's version was really, really good. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like every version of the Joker was somehow f- fun. It was somehow, you know, there's sure. a fun aspect to some of us. Like, I know you're this twisted, sick, evil villain, but I think we can kind of grab a beer every once in a while, you know? <laughs> okay, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far, but you know, like, there's something funny or something enjoyable. I think the. But, wait, and you're saying up, and, up until Ledger, you felt like that? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not not necessarily to get the beer, but there's something about, okay, you just did something very, very horrible to Barbara Gordon, but there's something about your character that that is still, maybe the word's attractive, that still makes you magnetic. Yeah. And Leto, he, there was zero fun. I mean, he, he scared me. And it was good. He scared me. I mean, there's a moment like, you're creeping me out, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Dude, but it's a whole. I've never had that feeling with any other Joker. I thought that was a, a different take. I thought it was a fresh take. I liked it. Well, I, okay. I, I like what you're saying there, McFall, though, because I think if if you look particularly at Nicholson and Ledger's portrayals from other films, what you really saw was an accessibility, like a relabel. That's the word. And that they were they were still people. You know what I mean? Where yeah. Leto's Joker is almost otherworldly, like. He doesn't seem to have a shred of humanity left in him. He's a monster. To me. And see, and to me... And that's probably good. To, to me, that's... I think that he played a little bit to BTAS Joker. Because as silly as Mark Hamill's Joker could be, he was that same amount of deranged and unhinged. Where, like, And they illustrated yeah. it well in those cartoons. That his henchmen, they were always side-glancing at him. Yeah. Because you never knew when he was going to snap and you were going to be the target. Yeah, and his hinge, but his uh, Leto's henchman didn't never seem to side glance. Yeah, how never many, to be how many disposable him. commandos does this Joker have? Yeah, <laughs> I, so, oh. they show no less than three major infiltrations with armed goons in, <laughs> yeah. in the I same love, costumes, uh, no less. Yep. Her, hearing what Travis said about the panda bear and all that, I, I love the costumes, Travis. Those it. were the box heads <laughs> and everything else. Those were great. They were the awesome. eyeball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the major scene. Not, I don't know, everybody might disagree on what the major scene was, but lifted from the comics, much talked about before the movie scene, of Joker sitting there surrounded by the blades and the guns, all that. I understand that's lifted. My understanding is that it's lifted directly from the comic. However, with no lead up to the movie, which I'd say most moviegoers don't have, no comic book background, which most movie gurus don't have. That scene made zero sense in the film whatsoever. Uh, you know, as someone as someone who hasn't seen that that comic panel, I can tell you that I thought it did. I thought it was like, oh, oh yeah, all right, yeah. he is bat s crazy. Okay, and uh, uh, it made perfect sense to me that it's all right. You know, it's 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 crazy ass Joker. If okay, it was more, if there was more to it that I missed, then yeah. then you know maybe. Did you see the onesies? Yeah, yeah. Yes, the baby <laughs> onesies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, for me, that scene was exactly what I was thinking of when I said Joker porn. I really felt like that scene was such an over-the-top, super Joker-esque scene that it was there to appeal to the Joker fans. I didn't know that it was a comic panel going, you know, until you just mentioned it. So okay. to me, as someone who was not exposed to it, I was just like, oh, that's just them trying to show how badass the Joker is. And I'm like, I already know how badass the Joker is. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't need that scene. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I love about these panels. I mean, when I think that this is how everybody's going to see it. Then oh, there, yeah. There's so really many cool. different ways to interpret a movie yeah. like this, too. That's the thing, you know? Uh, no, the club scene was one I thought was 100% extraneous, where they're doing Harley's backstory and talking about how mean the Joker is if you mess with his queen and he's giving her to the, uh, the, the guy. Common. The, common. Common, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember his name. Tattoo man. Yeah. Uh, common. And it was it was just a, you're just going to kill him. I mean, it, it was, I, I, I don't know. What did you guys think about that scene? 
Um, I, you know, to me, and yeah. I, I, the scene was enough okay. said. Yeah. The, the scene was okay, but to me, that was another one of those lifts. That was uh, um, not not true romance. Uh, Mickey and Mallory. That's uh, oh, natural born natural killer. born killers. That's Wonder that's hundred percent came from that. Yeah, God, I hated that movie. I blacked all that movie. What? Out oh, really? What? Oh, okay, I watched it when I was sixteen, and in in a a sheltered preacher's home, I was very unready for it, and I hated <laughs> every second of it. As a kid, I saw. Uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw it way younger than I should have, and I didn't understand the context of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I got a chili pepper for you. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, anyway, 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 back, we're, we're off track. So let's go to some other scenes. Now, my favorite scene in the whole movie, this is where I laughed so hard at the theater. I probably laughed at me instead of with me. But when <laughs> when Flag is testing out all the different people, right, and he's got Deadshot, and there's the, the range and all the guns, and and show us what you can do. And, and that one guard who I thought the guard was kind of okay cast. I know him too much as a comedian. Mm. So as a, a a guard that messes with people, yeah. he worked with all the other characters, but with Deadshot, it just didn't work for me. Anyway, he was standing there, Deadshot loads the gun, points it to his head immediately, and and Waller saying, yeah, yeah, you're right. The the pins fired down, fall down. Do it, do it. And he, I mean, I don't even see him lift his hand. It's such a smooth motion. He just lifts his hand and shoots in the air, and everybody reacts. And Will Smith, being Will Smith, was perfect. Yeah. You jokers are crazy. I just cracked up <laughs> at just his honest reaction in that scene. Uh, I got to imagine it's 100% scripted, but it felt like he was surprised the gun went off. But it, and that, it was was, that was Will Smith being Will Smith, but I, I yeah. really kind of like I kind of like Will it. Smith's dead shot. I'm mean, not going to lie. <laughs> I do. It's yeah, fun. I That's yeah, how yeah, I cut and run. Oh, great he's, line. He's yeah. charismatic. I mean, he's a bad guy, but yet it's like McFall said, he's the bad guy that I really wouldn't mind having a beer with or going to the range with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, why well, am I going to my <laughs> wife? Why well, am I going to kill some people? All right, Will, I'll see you later. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's like Harley says. It's textbook sociopath. He doesn't really yeah. emphasize with other people. But yeah, yeah but, he's not, but was he really? Except his daughter. But was he? Well, but, well that's what because I was going to say, though. He's Harley. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, he puts himself above all others for the most part. You know what I mean? Um, mm. But at the same time, he's not a monster. He doesn't just kill to kill, but he doesn't have he, – like he said, he sleeps like a baby. Um, I think that was a front, too, honestly. As far I think that was a headcanon front in the movie of – I don't think he truly sleeps like a baby. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. We, we could really dig in. To yeah. the, you know the psyche of a character like that, we could really dig deep, and that's how he was portrayed on the CW shows too. Mm -hmm. And he's very hard edged, and I don't care. But he still had a heart, right? But he still had a heart, to it. Um, yeah. which I like, and I, I do like yeah. that about the character. Um, yeah, I really thought his portrayal was pretty good, though. I, I'm I'm enjoying seeing potentially more movies with him in it as Deadshot. Uh -huh. If that yeah. will actually come to fruition or not, I don't know. I did not understand why Flag centered on him just constantly, like you're next and you're going to cut and run. And he, did, if he had done it to everybody, I would have understood he's just a good guy, hates working with the bad guys. But he focused on Deadshot because Deadshot is so obviously very much almost just like him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that was how he's motivating him. You know, triangle, yeah. bitch. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah, oh, I do love that call about every time. That's, That's a pep talk. Yeah. That's a pep talk. <laughs> Phil Jackson, the gold standard of pep talk. The gold standard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when uh, behold the voice of God and Waller did her thing about you're going to die or we'll kill you, whatever. Yeah. He's like, how's that for a pep talk? Well, compared to yours, she knocked it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> right. hey, you know, and I, what I liked going back, Travis, when he's talking about the guard, I really liked the guard because he was he was just that right amount of mess with him and, and still. Because his position was he was still law and order, so it was okay to laugh at the messed up things that he was doing to them. And I felt like if they could have gone, he could have gone one step over the line and gone too far, and you would have had just, you know, Danny McBride. But I thought he reined it in yeah. really well. And, yeah. See, Danny McBride would have been some good casting for that, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would have done a good job with it, too. Uh, um, it so, would have, uh, felt like a different film, though, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's do some, uh, let's do some other characters. Well, hold on. R- real quick, real quick. The, the cut and run scene, you've mentioned it a couple times. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was one of the best standout action scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Deadshot hops up on a car and just starts popping caps. Yeah, and, yeah that was badass. You know, and you see awesome. why he's Deadshot. Oh, know? yeah. And, and the Will are lowering their guns and yeah. their mouth, mouths are wide open. Like, the best part to me was when the SEALs are looking at him like, holy crap. Yep. I mean, but you know what they were looking at, right? They, they weren't looking at how much damage he was doing. They were like, seriously, how many rounds did you just fire, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At all. Well, yeah. This isn't the 90s. That's not okay anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Travis, my wife pointed that out. She goes, that made that scene more powerful is that they were in awe of him and they were, yes. they mm-hmm. were, yep. they had nothing to shoot at. The reason they put their guns down is because nothing was getting past him yep. either. You know, uh, uh, now, and it was as, a as for the, the movie clips thing there, uh, if you'll notice, he has a, a firearm strapped to his forearm as well. And mm-hmm. I, if I haven't watched it like, you know, slowed down or anything, but I'm pretty sure he takes a relatively accurate amount of shots with each weapon and then switches to other weapons in the middle of it. Which was or pretty- we live by four words here, Chris. It's a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> you want to add a fifth? Movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of rounds. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I hey, like Charles. seeing stuff like that. Like that was one of the things uh, with John Wick that I really liked is like yeah. he oh, shot – the accurate amount, you know, the pr- appropriate amount of rounds, and then switched weapons on a regular basis, and that was what one of the, one of the things that really made that movie stand out. So I think he did the same thing in that scene. Right. I, I could be wrong though. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, uh, we were talking about Flag a minute ago, and you were saying, well, he's kind of a you know he's a good guy that really doesn't like working with the bad guys. I felt that way with him the whole movie. Like I liked Flag a lot. Like the, the group I went with, they absolutely hated the guy that played uh, Jack Flag. I thought he was pretty good. Oh, Joel Kinnaman's awesome. Yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did a good job. But then when Waller kills all those uh, IT people or whatever they were. I mean, the most horrendous thing in the whole movie, he's kind of okay with it. And I'm like, what the hell? He he literally says, I've buried some problems before. Yeah. Mistake. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about Waller and let's talk about that scene. Uh, they, I thought they did a great job of making her cold-hearted oh, and the yeah. Amanda Waller I wanted to see. Uh-huh. Until that scene, I was like, you tried too hard. What? What? No, no. To me, that was... I, I loved it. That's Amanda Waller. That's, yeah. a, that's the wall right there. I got that as Amanda yeah. Waller. It was just... It was over I the top. Amanda Waller as a character, oh. okay? Because she is in... Like, she's representative of the attitude that I think is probably one of the scariest like human personalities the people who are willing to sacrifice human life at at no blink of an eye because they think right. they're right mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and it's like I felt like in that situation she just killed what was it three or four you know people yeah yep. at least, four they, they, they yeah. didn't have clearance because they didn't have clearance Which, that's so absurd beg, to me. begs you why are they there in the first exactly. place well she needed somebody to help her to get those files right Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton Oh my God! Uh, We're not a politics show, sir. Maybe. Uh, but here, here's the thing: my wife pointed out what would have been better because you know Will, uh, Will Smith walks past and he's that gangster, and then then she has a conversation with Flag about it. The conversation was a little awkward. I, I felt like he should have been more appalled. You know, if I could play from the helicarrier and every time Spitfire bites somebody in the neck, which she's a freaking vampire, you know she's going to do that, and then my characters get appalled. He should have been a little like, oh, crap, you just did that. I mean, while he understands who he's working for, earlier in the film, when she leveraged him, right? And she showed she leveraged him when they were at uh, the prison, Bell Rev. And he was like, I, give me a whole crew. I'll make them. Da-da. And she leveraged And he goes, I didn't believe the stories. And she goes, nobody ever does. Hmm. That's not that far of a time jump from when she does this. He mm-hmm. should have been a little shocked. But what my wife pointed out was, instead of Will Smith's line and him talking to her, she should have just walked out silently. And the two of them just look at each other and go, and then maybe Will Smith said, that was gangster. And then they walk out, too. Hmm. You know, yeah. it'll let, yeah. let, put a little credence to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ibit, you're sure. quiet. What you got? <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. I mean, I think uh, uh, Viola Davis is great. It, you know, seeing the, the the change of the style of character between the DC TV stuff, the, mm-hmm. the DC representation of Amanda Waller, I I really would have loved to see Viola Davis in Arrow and Flash and oh, yeah. uh, well, specifically Arrow because she did deliver a much colder. She delivered a colder version of Amanda Waller. That wasn't trying to be. That was just her character. She's yeah, just cold. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the Amanda Waller that we got in the DC TV stuff is very like, uh, hey, I'm I'm a bitch. So yeah. watch yeah. out for me. Well, and I th- I think that's because Viola Davis, when she did her homework, she didn't read New Fifty Two and she didn't watch CW stuff. She watched Justice League Unlimited and said, that's who I need to be. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. She she was spot on she was yeah, really good and even got the hell out of ourselves. i'll send one back it's like damn <laughs> the people who literally just saved your butt from the fire you're gonna leave them in the fire okay yeah. right all right and she's, well, uh, i'm gonna she, leave i'm gonna leave my bag with my uh powerpoint presentation yeah. there. <laughs> Everything yeah. else well that's when she got kidnapped right by yeah, the, the, the ring yes. she was uh, hands down my favorite character in the movie oh interesting who was your favorite characters that we can discuss now Hmm. Yeah, Travis, I, I liked Boomerang. <laughs> I mean, oh, I thought he was dude. funny. Uh, so you hated the movie and you liked Boomerang? How how glad were you, though, Travis? So, Travis, how glad were you that they didn't use the traditional Captain Boomerang uh, stewardess costume? Oh, so <laughs> upset. I was so upset. <laughs> I mean, okay, I would have been awesome. to that. Yeah, but I mean, I was grasping at straws here, and then you know they let him out of the bag, and he punches the guard, and you know, I mean, (laughs) at least he was doing stuff. I mean, his horrible backstory, um, but everything that he did, it kind of made me giggle a little bit. And in this movie, I appreciated (laughs) that. 
And you, uh, Chris, you yeah. want to talk about firing rounds and not reloading? Where the hell did he get all those beers from? <laughs> he, for, that's like his mutant power. Hey, oh, here's a beer. He kept him in the jacket with Fluffy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here, that, that irritated me, right? So you see in the, the setup when they're giving his backstory, he has a, a pink unicorn fetish. Mm-hmm. You see when he's getting his gear, he takes the unicorn, puts it in his pocket. In the first firefight they get into, he loses a unicorn. Nothing's ever said. Nothing's ever done. Nothing's ever pointed out about it. It's like, why did you... It's, again, a discordant moment. It's like, why did you let us pay attention to that? And then there's a setup with no payoff. They were, they were yeah, no payoff. <laughs> I mean, right. it's David Ayer mm. trying to make a Deadpool reference. I guess, but it, it just it, maybe, but it just maybe, maybe you're right, and that that wow. definitely fell flat. God, if it is, that is so on the nose, yeah. right? It's yeah. like a uh, unicorn. Let's just use a unicorn. <laughs> Let's not even disguise it. No, uh, right. I'm asking Travis or Chris or anybody who can answer this. You know, I assumed because I don't know much about Captain Boomerang that that was a moment from the comics. Not not that he lost a carrot or whatever, but that he had a, a pink unicorn fetish. Is that not something that's in the backstory? Of not, that? That I'm a, oh, not, not that I'm, I'm aware, aware of. Oh, well, nope. God, blankety blanket it. Because then now it just feels just stupid. Uh, what else? Who else? Uh, I said Diablo. All right, let's talk about Diablo. Class, go ahead. I, I, like I said, I think they did a really good job with him. An awesome redemption story. Well, not not necessarily redemption story, but, you know, somebody who, like, I like that he was a villain that never really meant to be a bad guy, but was just living his life the way, you know, that the life on the streets kind of dictates, and that he loses everything as a consequence of living that lifestyle. And I, I dug that. And I really liked how Harley responded to it in the big sit-down moment, which I didn't really care for that scene because I thought that does not fit those kind of characters at all, if I'm honest. Um, but I did like what she said. She's like, no, you own that. You you know, what did you think was going to happen? You know, you ran drugs, you k- killed people, whatever, you know. Obviously, this was going to happen. Something was going to happen to your family. Um, and I really loved how, like, they downplayed his abilities, downplayed them. Yeah. Then they show him. And let you know that he's powerful and then he opens up and everybody else is like okay and then at the, he ends up being an integral part of the climax you know and being able to take out one of the other you know one of the two godlike characters which his transformation there blew me away I was like this is so cool yeah. I loved that whole yeah I loved that whole style like I love it when when they capture and like, cause that's got a certain ethnicity to it. You know what I mean? It's definitely playing off the like Santeria magic and stuff like that and all of that kind of stuff. And I really loved how they captured that. Um, so he was really the standout for me. Somebody who I knew nothing about going in. I expected nothing and really enjoyed his material. Yeah. I'm really actually sad that I guess we're never going to see him again. Oh, see, you know, let's, we'll get into that in a second, but I, I'm exactly there with you, Klotz. I knew nothing about him. He's got all the tats. He was mm-hmm. another evil baddie. And then even in his backstories, they're setting it up. He gave himself up. We don't know why, but they show him in the prison yard. They, sh- they do the story of how he gained power in the streets and, and this and that and the other. And then when she goes to him, he's not angry. He's not you know, doing the whole it wasn't me thing. I mean, he does say, you know, yeah, they say it's me, but that's not me. But then he's just so peaceful. It, what it is, is you learn after, of course, after the bar scene, you learn he's actually remorseful. Mm-hmm. And he's actually never intended to go down the path he went down. And it cost him everything that was valuable to him. Mm-hmm. And that, man, that subtle character development where you get pieces here, pieces here, pieces there. 
they they did such a great job yeah. with him. See, it, and it that he would not get into any fights until Will Smith got into his head. And, yeah, see, and then he fried, what, three floors of bad guys <laughs> at once? Okay. And everybody's like, damn. You kill your wife and your kids, okay, in a fit of rage, I assume. Right? You, yeah. You're saying that I'm never using these abilities again. That's the reason he was all Mr. Miyagi or wherever he was in that tube when they went and got sure. him. And then <laughs> Will Smith... In three seconds, presses his buttons hard enough to make him incinerate a floor of those those creatures or whatever. Absolutely, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, nah, the, I'm not. I just it fell flat for I, me. I, but I'm that's sorry, exactly Jared, how a character like that, like how a person Again. like that is. He know he acknowledges in his dialogue. He says, "I when I get mad, I lose it." He mm-hmm. loses all control when he gets pushed. And so what he's been doing is doing everything he can to avoid confrontation. But he's also in the middle of this life and death situation, right. and he keeps pushing to his his equals. Right? He pushes to Deadshot. He pushes to uh, Boomerang. He pushes everybody. This ain't our fight. This isn't our fight. And even Deadshot goes, "Yeah, it is. We're here now. This is our fight. You got to do something." Mm-hmm. And it was even later that Will Smith pushed. I mean, I I, I, I usually agree with Travis what he says, but in this one, uh, it's, I, I want to disagree. Yeah, I mean, it just I don't know. It, it just didn't work for me. I, I do see your points though. Yeah. Well, you like Captain um, Boomerang, so there's no account. <laughs> <laughs> and BVS. And BVS. Oh, that's the uh, only from the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, right. Um, yeah, not to uh, put it on, but, but Diablo is mine as well. I think that, right. again, the character development, the uh, it's kind of saying a lot of the same stuff that Klotz said. It's a character that I wasn't familiar with going into this. And they did such a great job of giving you his backstory piecemeal that once you think you're done finding out what you're going to find out about Diablo and saying, all right, he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a one note, um, a one note villain. Then you get this backstory and you get his reaction to his backstory mm-hmm. and and even coming to terms with his backstory in this movie. And that that was such a great moment for uh him and I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done seeing Diablo. I think Diablo is like the um, the Groot of, uh, of this movie. I think that uh, okay. So that a bit good. You brought up one that my only my only headcanon hope was as they, they he was fired up right. He was doing his thing and for whatever reason I guess he got overpowered. It fired him down or whatever right. you want to call it. And I was thinking well. Crap. I mean, if he's in his human form, does that explosion hurt? Because he's fire. I mean, he is fire as we see with that evolution at the end. An explosion would not have touched him in that form. I'm hoping, like with you, that... I, don't, I didn't see him as completely intangible fire. I saw him as a a, a demon that was uh, yeah. you know, covered with the flame. The impression I got is that he's chan- either channeling a, 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 a my spiritual God, entity my, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was almost like a Ghost Rider-esque thing to me, you know? Right. Where it's not necessarily just the person, it's also the mantle kind of thing. Um, yes, but maybe that maybe they'll play off that. Maybe they'll do a Ghost Rider type thing where somebody else assumes the Diablo mantle. And I'm, I kind of don't want that because this right. guy was. Oh cool. yeah, Hernandez was awesome. I mean, he yeah. he really killed it. Because I I went into the movie expecting him to be your typical Mexican gangbanger stereotype, and I didn't want to see that. You know, I was like, oh man, it's been so played up. You know, you've seen it on a ton of TV shows. You've seen it in a ton of movies. And he wasn't. He was a very deep character, and that's what I really liked. So hopefully yeah. we get to see some more of that because, uh, you know, I mean, that was... In fact, 
I would say he was deeper than Deadshot because you see these little moments where Deadshot said Vato and stuff. He's like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he never does. He never does the stereotype. Yeah, which he really never cool. plays into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I want to jump into one of my comic favorites then is Killer Croc. Uh, I like the size on him. I liked how big he was. I liked they didn't speak very much. I liked that they set it up that they treated him like a monster, so he became a monster. And that was proven through as it's like as a as we introduced get introduced to him, right? He's this monster, but as the movie progressed, you really see he's like, no, he's just a dude who was born with this this stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And while he obviously can do what he has to do, it's not like he wants to. I love his request at the end, right? His BET, and you yeah. just see yeah. him chill on the couch. Dude, that scene in the bar where he's like, baby, I'm beautiful. Yes. I was just like, that, yes. that was awesome. That's the Waylon I know from the comics. It's like, no, he never thought he, I mean, he hit himself because of the attention, but he never thought horrible of himself. He was like, no, I'm, a, I'm, I'm awesome. And the bar scene disappointed me so much because they, they did that marketing thing, right? They showed us some cool stuff from the bar, and it's not in the film. There's so much in those trailers, though, that they showed us that wasn't in yeah. the movie. And, yeah, that was, that was one of the big standout ones to me was they didn't do the water gag. And I'm like, wait, yes. I thought we did reshoots to make the movie funnier, and you pulled out one of the funniest jokes from the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that was, I was required. That's, yeah. that's pretty good, honey. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, th- I felt like if there's a, a, a ultimate edition, then it's all going to be in that bar. Because I felt like that was a turning point for the team. They became a team in that bar. You're hardly doing that. Own that. Own that. And someone's like, why is everything with well, Captain Memoring, I think, said, why does everything with you have to be a knife fight? Mm-hmm. You know, but, and, and it's a back and forth. And they kind of co- became a little more coherent as a team and as people. And I had to headcanon most of that because, like you said, everybody has said, once you get to the end, which is that's the beginning of the third act, right? Mm-hmm. We move to the end, and then all of a sudden, Diablo is saying, We're a family. When did that happen? Right. Well, it probably happened in the damn bar, but we don't know that. Well, yeah. but, but the problem that's, that's part of the problem that, that critics are having with this movie, though, is because you talk about the third act, and the third act took, I mean, it started, what, 45 minutes into the movie? Because of all that time jumping they did. Something like that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, the pacing was not not on point. It, it was, the beginning, it was like, okay, we're introducing all the characters, and all of a sudden we're on this runaway freight train, and I'm just like, you guys need to slow down. Like, yeah. yeah. You and definitely I think have to wine and dine me a little bit before you get me there, you know what I mean? And that's that's all in the editing, or a lot of it is in the editing. Yeah. It's just a poorly edited movie. So I, I hope that Ayers is, is wrong, and that we do get an ultimate edition of this movie with better editing and, and some of the stuff that they cut from it to kind of flesh out those missing parts. I think this could be uh, this could be one of my favorite superhero movies with an ultimate edition. If they if it if it would flesh it out like you guys are, like we're all. I, when I cut out earlier, I lost connection there for a little bit. I said that you know Ayers says that, but people say a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I really feel like Warner Brothers has proven to us that at the end of the day, they're going to do what they think is important. You know, um, mm-hmm. they've you know they're acknowledging now that they've made mistakes. The, the, this whole reshoots thing, they're going to try to save face on it, 
But in reality, they went back to try to spice this up a little bit and make it a little bit of a better film, realizing how bad BVS burnt them. Because you know that there were execs sitting there looking at, a, at an early cut of this film saying, this is very much like BVS. It's very dark and heavy. It doesn't have a lot of levity. And if people hated that, they're going to loathe no. this, you know, because there's not going to yeah. be any redeeming quality here. So I really feel like Warner Brothers is going to do what's right to try to push the vehicle forward and they are trying i mean they're pushing this thing uphill you know bare feet and all in in yeah. 12 inches yeah. of snow because they're trying real hard to make this a thing at, on par with the mcu and yeah. it's not quite there yet so i think um i think they'll end up doing an ultimate edition or something similar to that or they'll release all the extra scenes somehow but man and, then they need to then they need to just start going direct to tv direct to DVD with all their stuff and stop showing no the stuff they would ever just no I know but that's but that's what they need to do because if they're not going to give me the complete movie until until after it's been in the theater I'm not going to go to the theater anymore I'm well, just going to wait until they're going to get your money twice yeah. nope, I, no. really, <laughs> I really really feel like with John's kind of at the helm now we're and that's what it. yeah absolutely hashtag in John's we trust and I you know I have to give the next few iterations a chance but you know and I think I think, you know, talk about David Ayer lifting, or let's just t- say he took inspiration from things. Usual <laughs> suspects. That's, what, that's, that's the problem with this pacing, is he did a less, a, a less workable usual suspects. Because mm. right up at the front, they show us, okay, this is the bad thing that happens, and then the rest of the movie is, how do we get there until you catch up with it in real time by the end of the movie? And it didn't work on this. Now, see, I always felt like it was real time. I never felt like, well, other than the definitive flashbacks, I didn't feel like there was the bad thing happened then we went back and saw how the team was developed i felt like everything progressed in a time that, well that's because there were like three separate timelines as as far as the team coming together yes but the series of events that happened to get the team in the field there was that time jump okay. because you know uh flag took enchantress out into the subway to plant the bomb and then that's that's when she went to Bolted. her brother right. and you know when you're seeing that as just in chronological order with the movie all you see is her bolt and then later you get back to see the full scene of what happened in there and then you progress further i don't know i think it was just muddled and i think the time jumping was part of it Mm -hmm. Uh, all right so let's talk about the two major ladies we've already talked about waller so that'd be three major ladies but we've talked about her so the two major ladies remaining uh, with enchantress uh did everybody like the whole june moon enchantress thing when you say the whole thing, <laughs> Just the, 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 the acting, the progression of I the like character. The, I like the character introduction. I thought, oh man, she's going to be really interesting. I'm going to be, mm-hmm. you know, excited to kind of learn more about this character because she's mm-hmm. like the unwilling double sided character. Um, yes. Then, as I mentioned before, she, it seemed like um, a, a big paperweight at the end. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. She was a set piece uh, by the end of the film. That was my problem. Yeah. yeah. I thought June Moon herself was too weak to resist this kind of thing. And there was a weird scene when she's asleep and she whispers Enchantress, which shows Enchantress's power, right? Mm-hmm. And then Flag just gets shown this false reality of June dying, I guess. I mean, I never could quite piece together what he was shown, you yeah. know. And, and and she runs off to do her thing. Now, instantly, when I saw her in the, the backstory, take the, the vial and open it, and of course the Enchantress comes out, I'm like, there's a second vial right there. And then they go back, and they're talking about it, and they're showing the pictures of how they found their heart, and this, the vial's in the picture. And the whole time I'm going, where's the second vial? There's a second vial. Mm-hmm. And it's on a shelf 
un, un, relatively unguarded in a safe room in Waller's apartment. Mm-hmm. That to me, that went. Well, Waller, no. Waller, if nothing else, is a classical Greek character that suffers from major hubris. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, so I mean? you guys think that would that flow that flew? I well, I mean, that's that's the way I read it too. Just because it, it took her, you know, for a display of power, she sent her to the Iranian nuclear. Uh, right. Ministry of nu- uh, Nuclear Minister to get the the top secret documents. Why did she think that if the Enchantress thought that she had that, she couldn't just do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, Interesting. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, and then I thought the CGI was pretty good all the way around yeah, the until the very end. Okay. Go on. With uh, uh well, so uh, the brother CGI was pretty good. All the way around. Uh, I, and again, it's IMAX 3D. Every time he did something, it was built for IMAX 3D. So you're you're more blown away by the whoa that just happened versus studying what mm-hmm. was going on. Uh, but at the end, when she evolved and and she's the green enchantress with the eye helmet and 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 she, going on, when they come up on her, uh, the Suicide Squad come up on her. Why did they do that in full CGI? I mean, her face, everything was CGI. I'm like, why? You couldn't have her act and kind of CGI around her? I don't understand. I don't know. It seemed weird to me that she reverted from her, like, unfurled form there, you know, where she was, like, pushing out all this power to build her machine and everything. And then right. she turns into her normal teleporty look right. for the fight scene. Like, I guess that was because practical effects, they wanted to use practical effects. I don't know. I, I thought that fight scene was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? But weird. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit weird. Yeah, absolutely. Um, though, you know, this reminds me of something. You know, you said the, the two women other than Waller, there's a woman we haven't discussed literally at all uh, in this film. Uh, Martha? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, katana man katana oh katana right yeah so because they gave us zero story about her what does that tell you exactly Mm -hmm. that she i think she was well portrayed Mm -hmm. the girl that played her did a great job and she didn't kill everybody she was cool like i liked her in her scenes but she had no place in that movie like at least not they didn't you know root her well in the storyline you know what i mean Mm -hmm. right and like when she was like crying at her sword, I was like, "You haven't. I know what's going on here, but you haven't built this up enough for regular audiences." No. Yeah. Like she I know. just looks I like mean, a they get a one-off Japanese sentence. Girl. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, that just reminded me of that because that was that whole fight scene with Enchantress was one of her exceptional scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she brought a lot to that fight scene, and I really liked her in it. Um, it was just unfortunate that they had done no character development with her at all throughout the entire <laughs> film. I'm glad you brought that out. I was very disappointed because she just shows up on the back of a, a helicopter is taking off with his tail down and you're standing there unsecured. That was a little bothersome for me, Chris. Uh, but she just shows up and he's like, yeah, she's got my back. And then she wants to kill all the bad guys. Like, no, 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 sit down. And then she does some great fighting, but you get nothing. You get no reason to care about her. We don't know why she's tied the flag. We don't know where she came from. They give us a throwaway line that the soul captures so- uh, the sword captures souls rather, and that her husband's sword is uh, soul. God dang it! Her husband's <laughs> soul is in the sword, and and you have to know the character to, to know why that matters. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You basically had to, like, for regular audiences, you either had to be a comic book fan or you had to have watched the CW shows to know what was going on with her. Because right. that was, I mean, I haven't read any Katana stories in comics, right? The only reason I know anything about her is because she was on Arrow. So, you know what I mean? And see, and that's one of those, that, that she's a good example of one of the problems that I've had with the way the DCU has been set up so far is I can never figure out who they're making these movies for. Because, like, let's... I'm sorry, I'm going to go to the well. Okay, But, but let's let's look at BVS and the whole Martha line. They, 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 they lead you by the nose through that movie to get to the Martha payoff, right? Mm-hmm. So they obviously think the audience is too stupid to get that. But then they will give you the Omega symbol on the ground as the only reference to Darkseid in the entire movie. And they will assume that the audience will understand what that means. And this is the same way with Katana. They think that this this C-level character from DC Comics, everybody's just going to understand who and what she is. Mm-hmm. So are you making this for people that know comics, or are you making this for the general audience? And I, I Yes. Do you think that there's a little bit of that on the Marvel side with like Crossbones and Civil War? Uh, yeah. Introduction of a character and not getting a But whole not as much. I mean, you're talking about a, a five-minute opening scene versus a movie. And right? the, and, right. But that, they had established him from uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, Crossbones right. was never represented as a major part of the story. He was always no. just a bit villain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, so, I think. I, think you, I mean, you're you're right. Yeah, but, but yeah. Oh. Uh, all right, we got about 15 minutes before I got cut out, so let's do Harley. What, uh, Travis? You've been quite for a little about what? What was your take on Harley? <clears throat> I thought she was amazing. I can't wait to see. Her. I would watch Margot Robbie walk around in a burlap sack for two hours <laughs> and pay twelve dollars to see it. So she could. She could have done. Uh, I thought we were gonna get stalkery like you did on Haley Atwell. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Haley Atwell's been replaced. Uh, Margot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a big big fan. Um, I thought she was amazing. I thought she was great. I, I really didn't have, other than watching the animated series, I really didn't know a whole lot about Harley other than she was, you know, with Joker and uh, from the animated series and, uh, and from the comic books here and there. But I thought she was great. I loved her little accent that she had. Um, what I would like to have seen more was, you know, she was a, she was a psychiatrist. She was a doctor. Um, I would like to have seen her show her intelligence a little more uh, mm-hmm. you know they, what i mean they, they give us a little but not enough mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but other than that i thought she was fantastic can't wait for the movie mm-hmm. yeah, i think the i think the scene in the bar is uh with her kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, psych- psychoanalyzing, psychoanalyzing yeah. uh, mm-hmm. diablo is kind of a reference to that i definitely would have liked to see more of that but mm-hmm. um, well and then, and then there's the scene where she thought joker was dead and the guys yeah. are coming out and she's kind of crying you know she throws the pudding bracelet away the necklace away and then the guys come out and she kind of like wipes her eyes and puts a smile back on her face like to get back in character you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well that that's one of the things that really resonates for me uh, particularly in her portrayal in this movie is she represents Harley as a character being played by Harleen yeah. in order to kind of keep Joker happy. I really right. feel like that's what I got from Margot right, Robbie's right. performance in this movie. Yeah. I felt like she was a person who was, she was so in love with the Joker that she just wanted to, you know, she, that character is something that she created to fit him to be with him. You know what I mean? 
and like she yeah so yeah i absolutely saw what you saw there um i think she was exceptional i mean obviously they made her a focal point in the movie um they they hyper sexualized her to a certain degree though not as bad as they could have so i'm sure not they'll enough, get but that's enough <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's the thing though I, the hardcore feminists are probably going to find plenty to complain about but i think ultimately they didn't do as much as they could have yeah there's a um, petition to arrest batman for him punching her underwater like that Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, it's a joke. No, I mean, just, even if it's whatever, it's a joke. Uh, but no, the, I, that scene, though, that scene was funny. I'm not funny, but great because it showed how cra- BS crazy the Joker is, right? Mm-hmm. And she's even like, I can't swim. And she goes to the windshield. He's gone. Batman does his thing. And as he's coming up, he even expects it. And sure enough, she's trying to still kill him, even though she's going to die. Huh. I thought that was perfect Harley, good. that moment right there. Mm-hmm. I love that they did bring in the Harleen Kinsell and they, they showed the true backstory and how mm-hmm. smart she was. And, how, and man, some of the stuff that comes out before the movie, when it's not in the movie and it doesn't get explained to the general audience, you lose so much. So two things got explained before the movie. One was her the way her setup is in Bell Rev. They change the guards constantly. No talking aloud so she can't get in their heads. I mean, no two guards are ever the same type of deal. They keep them spaced out. You know, they're doing all this stuff because she's so psychologically dangerous that she will get to you. Mm-hmm. And you can't really tell that from the movie. And I'd love to, to have shown that because she was super smart. Uh, the other thing that was explained was somehow Joker's lair is underneath an abandoned Arkham Asylum or under the Arkham Asylum. But that, so why would you explain that before the movie? It had nothing to do with the movie. At no point do we see anything related to Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. really. Oh, other than, yeah. you know, back, back flashes, right. Right, but, right, but that's, uh, that, yeah. But yeah, they, they showed, and they, they showed how he tortured her. And, and, and she was like, she was strong. She was like, no, go ahead. I can take it. I've had worse. And, I just the character development of her. I was very worried they were going to do just a, a acolyte of Joker. I was very worried they were going to do just a sex pot, and I feel like they didn't do either. I felt like they really did the character justice. She's really yeah. like, if you pay close attention, she's a heartbreaking character. Yes, you know what I mean. Like particularly the enchantress scene, the flashback, well, the the fake vision she gives her of them having a normal life with children and everything, that broke my heart. I literally felt for the character in that moment. I was like, because that's yeah. what she wants, you know. But she can't have that. He'll he'll never want right. that. That's not him ever. Not even a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. And it, with that, when that vision happened, it added it added for me. It added more weight to her going at Diablo in the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Be, because she, like that's that is her fantasy. That's what she wants, but mm-hmm. she knows she can't have it. So mm-hmm. yeah, and pl- I mean it also plays off. I know in the comic books that that big scene that she has with Black Canary, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. when Black Canary's pregnant, I yep. thought of that immediately too, and I was like, yeah. this is something she thinks about. She's aware of this topic a lot. You know, it it weighs on her, and that was represented in this film, and I really appreciated that. That's really why I didn't bomb this movie. Like, that's why I didn't give this movie a horrible rating, because there are very much snippets of amazing film in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they're interspersed by, you know, a lot of just fluff. Crap. It's it's great character development, and it's uh, it's really good acting. It's just uh, kind of a, a hatchet job putting it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, Klotz, you, you said something about the Joker about, hey, has no humanity left. 
I think what they portrayed and what we, what you were just saying there is she is his humanity. That's why he's so much in love with her. And he's lost without her, mm-hmm. and she's his crazy, or he's her crazy. So we see her the the couple lines she she tells uh, Deadshot. You know, he sees the text and he's like, "Your friend uh, gonna take care of you" or something like that. She's you're my friend too, and it was a very honest moment. And then of course when she ends the film, ends the battle, the ultimate battle, you mess with my friends. That was very much Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was good because. I wasn't sure if they were going to do that. I kind of saw that coming, but you know, she would be the one if she's crazy enough, needs somebody to follow. She thought Joker was dead. You know, she could have actually knelt before the Enchantress. Um, oh yeah, but, a, a weaker but, character yeah. would have. You know, yeah, she, man. They to me, she made this movie a serious movie. The parts that you really look at her character and go into the rest is just kind of a a comic book film, right? Even the Deadshot and his daughter. It wasn't so dark and heavy and deep as a character that you go and this is this is a film, you know. It's it's well, it's you know yeah. she's responsible for some of the funniest moments in the movie and some of the most poignant and and thought provoking moments in the film, and that's that's a sign of great character development. Yeah, you're not going to get that. You get a little tiny bit of that with uh, uh, with Captain Boomerang. You don't get you get a little bit more with uh, Deadshot and the scenes with his daughter, uh, some right. with Captain Flag, and of course his relationship with Enchantress. But um, but it it is Harley Quinn's role that kind of. He brings all that to the forefront and gives you that that range. I, I, Diablo, yeah. I really feel like we're looking at the the launch point of who's going to be one of the most important actresses in film going mm-hmm. forward. I mean, she, well, that'll make Travis happy. <laughs> that'll make me happy too. Don't get me wrong. She, she, she's a beautiful well, she, woman. She she was good in Wolf of Wall Street, and there you right. get to see way more of her than you do in this. Yeah. So that's why and that's why Travis prefers that one. Oh, well, yeah. you know, and that's my thing is like she was fantastic in Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. and she's been very good in everything she's done since. And I really think that we're like this is very close, and she's very passionate about this potential uh, solo film slash Birds mm-hmm. of Prey movie that mm-hmm. they're talking about. Um, she's been researching the material from what I've read. She's very passionate about it, representing it well. Um, so you know, we might see something really exceptional come out of her her you know love affair with these characters because she, I guess, she's just really taken all the female characters in the DC universe. And she's just nice. really blown away by them and wants to really explore them. So um, I think she's an incredible talent. And we're going to see a lot more great stuff. So yeah. hopefully she sticks with it. Hey, Chris, you're, cool. you're a fan yep. of the, the Batman animated show, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Do do you think, because this is a stark contrast to what, what the relationship is in the animated adventures. But do you, because Joker basically uses Harley. Uh-huh. Harley's definitely in love with him, but he just kind of uses her as a as a as a uh, a pumped up minion throughout the, the I, adventures. See, and I don't think it's that clear cut. Even in BTAS, I think there's there's uh, very obvious codependency issues there. Mm-hmm. That but Joker's such a sociopath that he can't reconcile. It's easier for him to say to just brush it off as well. I'm using her, but. He, Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think that it's that simple, cut and dry. She's the chink in his armor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I but really, I think I th- I think that it is less than it is in this. It's well, less like, portrayed less than it is in this movie. His his relentless pursuit of getting her back throughout this entire movie, I felt like it wasn't so much because because of how much he was in love with her and values her as a 
partner. Because she's his. She's his. Yep. And right. somebody has his toy or yep. his possession, and he can't stand for that. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, that's the impression I got. Now, they tried to not quite represent it that way in some of the dialogue, but that's not the vibe I got at all. It, it really felt yeah. like he was in pursuit of his possession. He was reclaiming yeah. what was his. And that's kind of where the, maybe the, the the part at Ace Chemicals was a little disjointed because you're like, well, if that's how he views her, then why right. Why dive into the pool after? It should have just... She See, I got it. it on her I own. got it just the opposite. Yeah. I got it that he he is in love with her. Like, it's a, it's an obs- he She is an obsession of his. Like, if there's one shred yeah. of humanity left in him, it's she represents that. That's what mm-hmm. I got out of it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I can quote my Lord and Savior DC on screen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, Jason Goss has said uh, there's a, a codependency relationship, and that's something I could definitely see playing out here is a codependency. I thing. just said that. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking about Jason Goss? <laughs> <laughs> you also listen to DC on the screen? I have not listened to this this uh, their Suicide Squad cast. I haven't either. I haven't heard no. their Suicide Squad cast. This but. was... Uh, building up to it. Uh, one last thing that threw me off. Of course, we, we mentioned the Flash earlier, and I, I hope in Justice League when they do his backstory, or maybe we have to wait till a solo film. I want to know how they explain his awesome suits before Bruce Wayne comes in, because when he captures Captain Boomerang, he's in a really awesome suit that did not look homemade. Yet in the post or in the mid credit stinger we get a timeline established of he has not been discovered yet by Bruce Wayne. Right. So it threw me off a little bit. I don't know that that's what they were establishing. Yeah. That's not, I don't think it's what they, I don't think it's what they're trying to establish, but it clearly establishes is post suicide squad because she's talking about what happened in midway and how her neck would be in a noose. She hands him the file and the file is Aquaman flash. You know, right. Was that not enchantress on the front page? Yeah, I think I think it was. Why the hell is he getting a final in What we don't know though, Charles, is that right. the suit that he has actually may be from Argus. It doesn't necessarily have to be from Bruce Wayne. You know, uh, Amanda Waller's got the file of all these uh, all these metahumans. They may be working with um, with Barry Allen and have developed the suit that you oh, saw. In no, that scene. Um, I can't remember who it was that said it. It, it may have been. It may have been. Um, uh, Zack Snyder that said that in Justice League when you meet Barry and you because he he has the suit, um, but you can tell that it's it's a suit that's in progress. So he has a suit on his own, but when he meets Bruce, then he makes it better. And that's why I was asking. Yeah. I would like to see how the suit came about because you never get a clear shot of it, right? Right. So it's not like it's the CW Flash. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's snippets. What, so I'm, I'm just looking for more backstory. Yeah, what what I would assume is that's his suit. And and then he is um, he, they they talked about it. So it might have been the costume designer too was talking about it about how it's more armor like to make it more aerodynamic. So it's more like a it's more like a race car versus something leather and angular like you see in CW or, or whatever. Yeah. By the way, did you guys stay until the very end of the credits? It was no. my favorite like after the main credits. No, I had to go. I, I plan on uh, YouTubing. Because oh, sometimes, yeah, because sometimes uh, people leave stuff in the theaters, and you can go find them in the seats. Not there yeah. wasn't anything on screen yeah. to see, but, but sometimes <laughs> you can actually look around, and sometimes people leave change. <laughs> uh, that's good. 
Uh, I did whip out my phone since the credits started rolling and Googled you know, post-credit scenes, yeah. yep. Suicide Squad, to see if we need to stay. Yeah. Spoil, yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, a great app. Uh, I think they have it for iPhone and Android called Media Stinger. And you just pop that app open and it'll tell you right on the front page whether or not you should stay through the credits for movies. Oh, I like okay. it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts uh, before we get out of here, gentlemen? Um... I'm excited Not for Justice League. <laughs> I, I am excited for Justice League. I'm excited for Wonder Woman. Oh, yes. Yes. I am so excited for Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it looks so cool. So cool. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so stoked. I, and I'm I'm stoked not only because it looks cool, but because this will be the first one that Johns gets to put his arms around. Because I felt that exact same way when I saw the first Suicide Squad trailer. I was so stoked because that movie looks so cool. <laughs> I think overall, as a this is just my personal opinion. Of course, everybody can let's let's do that. Let's do it in our, our wrap up personal opinions. I think overall, it was a fun comic book film. That definitely has some story issues. It felt like it was a 90s comic book film where, hey, cool characters on the screen doing cool things. Story doesn't necessarily matter. Mm -hmm. But then we got the new millennium stuff of deep character development. So those two things balance overall. That's why I gave it like a 3.5, 3.75. Because I enjoyed it, but there's some work to be done. That's my last word. I'm going to say, aside from the Christopher Nolan Batman films, this is this is one of the better DC movies. I mean, unless you've got the nostalgia for the Christopher Reeves Superman or the Michael Keaton Batman stuff, and we all have that, but do those movies really hold up critically? Um, I think that this is uh, just under the, the, well, it's under, maybe not just under, but it's under the Christopher Nolan movies, but above Man of Steel, Superman Returns, BVS. And it's a good, it's a good, it's a good uh, potential for upswing for DC. I think. I feel like this film. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you guys just said. Um, I feel like it had about twelve percent of a plan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that might be the problem. I, I definitely think uh, Ayers needs to take a step away, or Ayer, Ayers, whichever it is. Uh, I don't think he should ever do what he did with this film again. You can't steal techniques from other people and not do them the right way like that yeah. you get you, you gotta yeah you gotta do something different um and i think i i'm really really confident that a future with john's at the wheel will be much different i think we're on the cusp of some really incredible dc films and i think these are just some of the early stumbling steps we'll get there all right travis uh Casting was great. Story sucked. Um, <laughs> looking forward to what Johns brings us. Mm-hmm. I will. Fair I enough. will agree with that though. Overall, the story itself was really weak. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it just it was such a cheesy premise, and they could have done it much differently. Sorry to jump in. And when you get when you get ramifications from a city floating into the sky in the world of Marvel, <laughs> I mean, r- big ramifications from that. And yet, uh, a metaphysical nuclear bomb goes off in this town, and nobody cares. That it's just a weird. Well, it's weird. too early to say that nobody cares, but I mean, at this point, Metropolis has been destroyed or mostly destroyed. Uh, the capital yeah, yeah. has been blown up. And now Midway City has been devastated, if not mostly destroyed. So uh, where do you live 
in the rest of the DC universe at this point. Like Star City now. That's all that's left. <laughs> I mean All right, Wisdom, wrap us out. Alright. It was it's an okay popcorn flick. Don't get your hopes up and you won't be disappointed. But give them their money. Give them give them your money, at least one showing. And uh let's let's see what Jeff Johns can do with the future of DCEU, because I'd like to. I I want it to be great. That's all I want. Yeah, that's all I want. <laughs> Make yeah. DC great again. Yes. yes. <laughs> Charles, let's see your hot take. Well, that was the mine was the, what started it all off was that that was a, a, a '90s comic book film for story, but the new millennium for character development. Uh, hmm. I enjoyed it. I my I'm, my kids are going to thoroughly love it when it comes out on DVD. And if there is a director's cut, well, no, okay. If there's an ultimate cut, mm-hmm. then I'll probably drop down the money to get a little bit more out of it. And, and let me say sure. real quick, I you, know I was negative Nelly tonight, but I, I want DC to be so good. I mean, I want I want to be pumped up. I want to be hyped. I, I still am hyped for Wonder Woman and everything else that they're going to come out with. I just want to love it like I do the Marvel films because uh, I'm a fanboy at heart. Yeah. And but but I'm going to be honest when it when I don't like it, I'm going to tell you I don't like it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, we don't want you to sugarcoat your reviews one bit. I want to be that guy in the theater that goes, F Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. You can find us on Facebook.com forward slash Breaking the Panel. Hit us up on Twitter at Panel Breakers. Let us know what you're thinking. Email us at BTP at GiantSizeTeamUp.com and support the show at Patreon.com forward slash Breaking the Panel. We'll be back next week with more headlines, discussions, and a whole lot more tomfoolery. Come on back. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at Patreon.com slash Breaking the Panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. Giant Size Team Up.